Hello, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, hello. Hair, I gotta make sure it's not sticking up alfalfa style. <clears throat> okay. Kind of twinning. Well, how do you do there, ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna be in character? I tried to dress up for this episode, but you said no, 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 no. Oh, I forgot. I, I literally, I mean, I, I literally just forgot. I it's don't, okay. Yeah. Well, my thing is, it's it's like the temptation to dress up because it's the day before Halloween, but like people are going to be seeing this way after Halloween. I don't want to make it a bummer, you know? <laughs> yeah, people really get bummed <laughs> out by people in outfits. Yeah. You look at them, you're like, I didn't have the best Halloween, or I was lonely, or this. I just, I just don't want to, like, I just, I don't, don't want to do anything triggering. <laughs> well, don't speak too soon, because I might try to convince us to get on here, maybe with my mom, and us all paint our vases or something. We could do that. Yeah. You want to do that as the Patreon episode? Maybe. Just chilling with your mom, talking shit about how the world's ending, painting each other's faces? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Wow. Well, we're here. We're back at it. Yeah, what episode is this? Three twenty-one, something like that. I don't know. I don't know either. Four twenty. <laughs> Four twenty will be a fun episode. Yeah. If oh, if we're still smoking weed by then, who knows? Yeah, but, like, a lot can change. Yeah, yeah. A lot can change in this life. A lot has changed. Today's our fourteen-year uh, anniversary. I know you're so cute that you remembered this morning. You just looked at me and you were like, "It's our fourteen-year anniversary of meeting." Yeah, it's really it's really appropriate. Because we're well, we're up here with your mom, and your mom always says she's like, "I'll never forget that night." Cass came home from work and said, "I met the coolest guy. Yeah. He was so fucking hot." You know, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted I to. I gotta go jerk off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's it's interesting that there's another person that can remember that day, and you know, yeah, that it was like that. That, that she could feel the shift in her little girl and the significance. Yeah, I, I said. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did say, will you be my girlfriend, though? I said, Cassie, won't you be my doll? Can I light a candle to 14 more years? Sure. Yeah. That feels like not not long enough of a contract for me. Okay, well, it's... If I was in contract negotiations with you, I'd say, (laughs) let's increase the terms. All right, well, (laughs) we're in negotiation. What do you want to say? Another 14,000 years of finding each other in human form. Okay. Yeah. I'll agree to that. Yeah. Been here before, been here forever. Mm. Yes. And now we dress the same. I know. I love it. <laughs> Some people get embarrassed when they dress the same. I'm like, I, it's my love language. Like, twinning is literally yeah. my love language. Like, if I love you, you'll see me be like, can we just wear the same thing I, I all can, the time? I can tell where a couple's at by, uh, by the way that they dress, you know. If they dress alike, 
I'm like, you guys are deep in this thing. <laughs> you know, because there, there's a point in a relationship where you start dressing alike, but you're not doing it consciously. And then once you realize, you're like, whoa, we can't do this. It's so dorky. But then you transcend that. Yeah, there's a hump. Yeah, and you're like, actually, this is probably the cutest, like, most small little bonding thing we could do. And it's fun. It helps our um, identifying as one person. Yeah, yeah. That's been the goal. Yeah. So to identify as one. When we have to file the paperwork, we'll have all the evidence and photos of how we've really merged essences. Mm. Yeah. What do you remember about the night we met? Like, what was that like from your perspective? I remember, I remember what you were wearing. I remember where you were sitting. I remember somewhat who you were with. Mm, yeah. I remember I knew I was going to meet you at some point because our mutual friend, the guy who owned the brewery was like, oh, you, you're making do- a documentary film. You got to meet my friend who's made documentary films. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I looked you up and I was like, oh, I've seen the archive, which was like your first short film yeah yeah and like you had only made two short films at that point so it was kind of crazy that i'd seen it and then i that is crazy yeah there was this just like little scrap of dust out there in the internet that i made it's the only thing i've ever made and somehow you had seen it before we met Mm -hmm. that's wild it was pretty wild yeah and then yeah Well, we can just for people that may not have ever heard this we met at the Peekskill Brewery in Peekskill, New York, where you were working as a waitress and my friend owns the place. And uh, he had told me like two months before that you were working there and that you were like uh, a documentary student. And I was like, cool. He's like, you should meet her. You should give her advice or whatever. I was like, is she hot? And he, he was like, yeah. And I was like, I, it's too much. I can't, I, uh, like, I'm not going to go out of my way to meet this person. It's like, I knew. I was like, this is trouble. You knew I was trouble. Good trouble. Good trouble. Yeah, yeah. So good at being in trouble. It's crazy that I could feel, uh, like, it was like precognition. Like, I could feel the vibrations of everything we've done before. And it was just, like, my last little moment of, like, of innocence before, like, I completely got absorbed with you. Because that's pretty much what happened, you know? Yeah, like, love at first sight's a real thing. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, and I was just like such a brazen, confident lunatic that I just put it out there, which is so crazy. To me, it's so romantic, but I had never done that before, you know? Like, I've always, I always just played the game with a woman, you know what I mean? Just like, oh, Seemed a little mysterious. Yeah, how do we figure out that we like each other without saying it? And with you, I was just like, hey, I like you. You should be my girlfriend. Yeah. I'm glad you said it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it just, it... It just put it right out there, you know, and you could do with that what you want. You you could either tell me right then and there, like, no, that's never going to happen. Or you could do what you did and be like, aren't you married? <laughs> <laughs> Which to me signals that you're interested potentially. You know? Yeah. There's just a couple reasons why it's not possible and you're not thinking about them. Yeah. But anything's possible in this life. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Uh, the more years that we're together, the more I'm like, feel less guilty about how our relationship started. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like, but, you know, we did something bad, but like, but it was, it had to happen. We had to be together. Like, how could you, and then I just kind of feel that way about life where I'm like, dude, if you love someone, let them know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like people in their 20s, especially if there's drinking involved and that kind of stuff, it, I don't, you just got to forgive your 20s and other people's 20s. It's just like, it's a time where you're figuring out what the hell's going on. And if I didn't make those crazy moves, I probably would have started or continued building a life that wasn't as in alignment with who I am and what this is. I don't even know if I would have been able to keep filmmaking going, you know? Because it was like this wispy little idea that I was like, I want to make films. And I was able to like make a, a few short ones, but to like keep that going and keep the momentum going, I needed a muse. Like I needed somebody who not only had my back, but was inspiring me to do this stuff. Yeah, it was kind of cool because when we met, documentaries weren't as popular as they are today, you know? Not like, at all. So like to find someone else who like nerded out about this stuff was felt special and rare. Yeah. And to so find another person that had even seen the same movies that we had seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the deep cuts and understanding why people, like, what was special about a movie that seemed like it was about something else. And I don't yeah. know, just kind of having, like, similar goals of, like, oh, we like characters and we like something that seems like it's about something, but it's about something else. And it's about something deeper. And just, it was, like, a merging of, like, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's when our merging of identities started. I wish we had a, a recording of that conversation. It was like 10 minutes. Yeah, but it probably laid out everything that we went on to do. Oh, totally. To the point where I was like, let's make a, we made a, a pact that night that we'd be friends for 10 years. Yes. And we celebrated the coming of that pact and then we agreed for another 10 years. So we're, we're Oh, I thought we stopped way. being friends four years ago and we're more like jealous rivals <laughs> you know, that make it work. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes we are jealous rivals. <laughs> Sometimes we're fighting over the same girl and her attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, fucking Jesus Christ, we've been on a wild ride. And it's only, it's only been 14 years. That's not that long, you know? Yeah, but it, it does, it is long. Yeah. It is long. Like yeah. a lot of my we memories. We have two new bodies since then. If your body regenerates every seven years and all the cells die and reform. And I swear you do, because you looked, when I met you, you looked a lot like your ex-wife. Like, you guys had merged. Like, relationships merge, <laughs> you know? Really? Like, the way your eyes were, and maybe because you guys were both drinking, and it was, like, that kind of energy. Like, But there was, like, a certain thing in the eyes. I was like, he, they kind of look alike. Mm. But now people say that about us all the time. Yeah. In a way that kind of, I'm like, okay, chill out. Like, we're not related. Easy Give does us a break. It. Easy. Chill. It's not. It's, it's not, not what, what you is. think. We're just both Irish and Finnish, like chill, and we have similar <laughs> last names in the our mother's maiden names or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just chill. Yeah, it's been uh, the best life of my lives that I can remember. I don't remember my many lives, but uh, this has been the best one, hands down. I know it. Yeah. No, I've. I feel like I know it's the best life of my life because even when we're getting into it, I'm like, this is for the betterment of both of us and our relationship. Like, it feels yeah. like even when it's uncomfortable, we're getting to higher ground. Yeah. Even when it sucks, it's like in service to a better goal. Yeah. Like, it never, it'll, and sometimes it's like what happens in life. You have two steps forward and one step back, but you're always going, moving forward. There's like a forward momentum. Which I think is like an important thing to take stock in your relationship. Like, are you helping each other grow? Are you becoming a better person? Do you want to be a better person with your person? Yeah, exactly. I'll wait for you. And should I fall behind, wait for me. I love that Bruce song. Yeah. That one. That one's uh, instant tear droplets. Instant tear droplets, definitely. 
and i and like talk about the twinning thing there's a lot of i mean i did this with my girlfriends you know like when i lived with Alyssa, we'd like be like oh shit we're wearing the same thing because you get it's kind of like how women sync up their periods Mm. you kind of just have these relationships where you just like do so much together think the same things that your subconscious really does run the show so the more you line up the things that you experience that could affect your subconscious you're going to merge into oh, like a yeah. similar place i used to it used to disturb me when i was coming up like and i'm not i'm not talking about when i was like a young young boy like my late teens early 20s like me and my cousin jesse were just like my bros like mm-hmm. we were just always with each other just cracking jokes doing the same thing we would literally like like assholes say the same thing at the same time like remember when you used to be like jinx like that you kind owe of me thing? a soda yeah like we, it would happen all the time. It was so crazy. It was like we really saw the world in the same way, and our world was so small. But, like, something would happen. We'd both know to make the same joke at the same time. And if he was making a different joke, I would know how to go along with it. You know, it was just kind of disturbing at times. Like, it's fun and romantic when it's with your like with your lover. But when it's with your cousin, it's just like damn i'm trying to be different in this life you know what i mean i want to stand out a little bit mm-hmm. and it's like my boy is just like we're just developing exactly the same in every way yeah it's it's <laughs> interesting we've had a couple friends who have had to take breaks from their best friend yeah because it gets to a place where it's like they're too similar mm-hmm. and then they can't self-identify and they lose a sense of themselves and where they begin and end and you know yeah all this sort of stuff so it's interesting how you can kind of have a very powerful brotherhood, but then you kind of have to put yourself in like, we, we've been calling a lot of things jail lately. <laughs> That's been kind of fun. We're yeah. just like me and my, uh, me and my buddy were uh, talking about how we're in a stalker jail, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause we had mentioned in a previous podcast how there's like slut jail and different types of jail. And it's, it's a self-imposed completely switching up of the vibe based on what you previously did. Slut jail would be like, I was out of control for my 20s. I slept with way too many people. I'm trolling myself about it. And the now I'm just going to, uh, the next guy that I meet that's somewhat decent, I'm just settling down with this motherfucker. That's slut jail. You just put yourself in slut jail. And then I don't know what stalker jail is. I don't even want to talk about it. Oh, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Stalker jail is like when you look into what someone's doing. Like for me, it's usually like, an ex of some sort you're just like what are they up to what's going on Hmm. let me find out let me do a little recon and uh (laughs) the reason you have to put yourself in jail because it doesn't make you feel good it gives you all these complicated emotions you're like why am i obsessing about someone who's or not even obsessing it's not even a obsession i'm like uh the, the friend of mine that we're in stalker jail together we're both like super earth energy and i feel like we can stalk people because it gives us like a little we don't have a lot of fire in ourselves so we need like a little zhuzh like a little and the people you stalk are very fiery yeah so it's like oh let's get a little drama going you know let's let's get a little titillating let's find out what's going on let's shake it up a little Mm. and uh yeah it all leads to the same thing though you feel bad about yourself yeah or just yeah just like i mean i can't i as because i'm one person it's like we are, what are those people who are conjoined? We're like a conjoined twin. So mm. if I read something or see something, I like, whether or not you want to know it, you end up finding out. And it's not That's really a tough fair. Thing. Yeah. 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 It's crazy with a lot of these things. Um, 
like you'll you'll have the idea to to implement some sort of like you know like hey you know we just broke up with this person you know you don't have to like look at their social media or know what's going on with them like you give me that idea and i'm like fuck yeah you're onto something with that and then i just take it to the extreme where it's like boom done and then you're the one that like sneaks around like i don't do that yeah because i'm like i've never done that (laughs) if any of our sexy exes are listening to this I'm so sorry. You're, I, you need to go into stalker jail. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I don't look and I don't care. And it helps me a lot. It helps me move on. Yeah, it's healthy. Yeah, and there's, I think there's a proper time and place for reflection about those things. But updates and that kind of shit, I just feel like uh, we're not programmed for that. It's a new phenomenon. Oh, yeah. And it's, I mean, that's how you end up just getting so attached to someone in the first place or like you know exactly that's a good point yeah you just like know where they're at what they're doing what's yeah. going on they become you can't help but merge yeah essences in some capacity yeah but it's good to be in i'm not i like talk about two steps forward one step back um how oh by the way by the way by the way how's your uh twitter ban going or your twitter distance i'm good really yeah, I'm in the clear. That's crazy to me. What's crazy to me and the part that I hate even almost admitting to myself is that I'm so good at quitting things. Why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah. You know? Do you, how do you feel being newly sober? From- I'll, I'll tell you. It's it, it's a, a, there's a, There actually is feelings. I don't have that big of a sample size. Maybe, what is this, like a week and a half? Yeah, about. I quit Twitter. In the wake of, we did a Molly trip and we talked about it on the last podcast. And, uh, a few days after we were just, we were just talking and processing things and you were like, you should, you should consider that. And I was like, yeah, well, no time like the present. And I just deleted it. And, uh, wow. Yeah. That, that app, I was, I was, I was severely addicted to that app. I I didn't even realize how many, how many in between moments were being filled with just like, let me just see what's going on. Let me literally now you're making just me feel like I should have told you sooner because I've known you've been severely addicted for a long time. Yeah, but it's just like also well, case or us or Yeah, it's like I, I don't want to meddle. You know what I mean? Man, what, who who it, are my like we always believe that people need certain things in their life. Like who are we to meddle? Yeah. Well, the, well, here's the difference between us. It's like I know um, I know when I need to quit something. and I know how to do it. And I feel like you get like on this tear where you're like, I need to quit everything. And you become like a puritanical renunciate. Says the like, puritanical. I actually, I don't puritanical anything. I'm just saying like, I feel like a lot lately. I'm just listening to you being like, we got to stop doing so-and-so or less of this or, you know, and I'm just like, okay, well, what, what, yeah, like what is our, yeah, like you're just putting yourself in every possible jail possible what does our life amount to then? Like, you know you're allowed to have pleasures in this life. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, we can be seeking joy. Trust me, I still find ways and, to... And, and sometimes joy comes in a low-hanging fruit of fucking nicotine or sugar or fucking looking at Instagram. Like, and it's not that big of a deal. I know. Sometimes it becomes a big deal. I was laughing my ass off the other day. And it was because, like, yeah. once a week I'd re-download Instagram and I just, like get on these baseball my mom's like what are you laughing about and i was like baseball memes i was like look (laughs) she doesn't understand she doesn't understand how her little girl became like (laughs) 14 years with someone like you yeah yeah but uh um what were we saying right before that about you were oh keep it more on you yes all right 
<laughs> Keep it on you. <laughs> um, so, you know, I quit Twitter and immediately I just feel the relief of not having an opinion. You know, that feels good. Mm-hmm. That feels really good. I'm like, whoa, I was kind of like carrying those opinions like a heavy weight in my life. And like, if they came up in conversation, I would go to the script of my opinion and then this and that. And it's just like not knowing, like it might seem like a disservice, but it's like, what do I, what do I need to know a bunch of people's, a bunch of random people's random thoughts for? Why? It's just like unnecessary. So I feel a tremendous sense of relief and that there's more spacious in, is uh, more spaciousness in my life. But if you had a camera on me all week, you would see what looks like somebody stroking out or having, you know what I mean? Like I'm standing places, just standing, staring, confused. Like I'm not kidding you. Yeah. I'm like, in usually those moments where I would just be like, oh, cool. Yeah. I'm waiting for Cass right now. I'll just look at, now I pick up my phone and there's nothing interesting on there for me. Yeah. Like I realize Instagram doesn't have, it doesn't have its hooks in me the way it just never will. It never had its hooks even in if me the way Twitter did. Even if it still doesn't have its hooks in you, it, it, can. C- it can become the thing that you're like, you look at and you're like, oh, there's nothing here for me. But the fact that you're looking at it every yeah. time that you need a, a, yeah. something to look at means it has its hooks in you. Yeah. The only time I open that app is if I have a little message or something. That's yeah. It. You just have and, like. But then, then it goes, then I can get pulled into it. But, but you got to leave it so notifications are on. Yeah. When I go in between. Right now, I'm not communicating really with anyone on Instagram. So I just. Don't even think about it. But when I am, I just turn the notifications on so that I only open the app when there's something. Oh, smart. But yeah, a lot of uh, standing there confused, mm, mm-hmm. which is good. Which yeah. is good. Yeah. It can be uncomfortable though, right? No, I don't care. Like I, I yeah. like confusion leads to curiosity. Curiosity leads to every single thing we do. Yeah, like it's good to be. You've always said it's like good to be bored. Uh, yeah, and I have not left enough space of my in my life for it. You know, I figured out little quick solutions for you know how to crush the boredom. Yeah, despite what you're saying, I am not puritanical. I'm a lot less puritanical than you are. I'll, I'm a lot more chaotic. Where I'm like, should we quit this? Should we quit that? Maybe we should quit this. So I like will yes, throw it yeah. out there. Drive me fucking bongos. But when it comes to actually quitting the thing, I'm like. I should not play Tetris every day and then I'll like go three days without playing it and then I'll play it again and then I'll be like, no, I shouldn't play anymore. And then I'll like, you know, it's yeah. it's that kind of thing. Or like, oh, I can't look at this as much or like I still look at Reddit's the thing right now that I'm like, I get so much out of it, but I also don't, I have to like look at that habit. Like, do I need to be involved in the, am I the asshole questions of fucking random people's <laughs> lives, you know, yeah, or, you yeah. know, ways that women were, uh, you know, turned off by men across the country. Like, do I need to know all these details and what comes out of this? And is there a a better way to get my drama fix, Mm. you know? And, um, or do you need that? Or do I even need that? But I will say I've tried to be better right now. There's like a lot going on in the news, obviously. Um, and there is something that makes me feel, I don't know if you feel this at all, but like disconnected, like, like almost having an opinion makes you feel part of something and like a good person or in feeling informed or like it's I want to fight illusion. for the good side or, yeah. you know, it, but there's this f- feeling of like not, not mourning or loss, but like, 
like, oh, I'm out. Like, I'm not a good citizen of the world, you mm-hmm. know, like by not. But then when you do inform yourself, you're like, oh, I'm getting so pulled into one way of seeing things or two ways are just conflicting or it's just also with limited information or people who don't have the information or I'm not saying this is not a judgment on anyone who stays informed or saying the way I get informed feels like I couldn't possibly and that's sorry I'm all over the place right now but I'm thinking right now I don't know what the remedy to this is because that's like literally every news story there's so or anything in life even in your own relationship there's so much nuance to it to think that you could stake your flag in any ground is like it's all quicksand even even who you think you are yeah. you like stake your thing on like yeah i'm this type of person i believe in this sort of thing i fight for this and it's like you stake your flag and then it just all crumbles because life changes or like i'm a puritanical person or i'm a person who quits or whatever it is or i don't quit it's like it's all f- so fluid you know yeah, yeah. and it's a it's a positive thing because it helps you release attachment but the draw to stake your flag somewhere is so strong yeah especially in like self-identity or when there's like big conflict going on or you know, but it's just even if you dive into the history a little bit, you're like, oh, my God, it go it goes back so far. <laughs> yeah. And it becomes more and more um, complex. So you just try to, like, be simple and just be like, let's just be good to each other. The only way path, path forward is yes. to be good to each other and to love each other. And pathways towards that make it kind of less who did what energy. Yeah. It's more like, how can we be good to each other now? Yeah. That I think what you're describing there at the end is like what I consider like uh, uh, like the the raw food equivalent of media. You know, mm-hmm. there there's you know like how we try to stay away from processed foods and we want to go towards more organic foods. It's the same thing that happens with all your inputs. Like processed media is as bad for you as processed food is. You know, because it's it has other agendas other than filling you with nutrition. Mm-hmm. It's trying to get you addicted. It's trying to get you opinionated. It's trying to get you small and fearful and the f- and, and give you the feeling like there's nothing you could do about any of this. You know, that, that there's just a tremendous tragedy constantly unfolding. And process media will do that to you and it'll make you sick. You know, we see it happen to my parents. We see it, I mean, literally, you could talk to any boomer like who's addicted to TV. It's like... Uh, it, and it makes you sick and it, it, a lot of people don't think to quit it because there is this mechanism in us that makes us feel like we need to be informed like we're addicted to knowing well it's also like oh my god I have a purpose now my purpose is to stay informed and to know what's to be an informed citizen like that's my purpose mm-hmm. or to be connected or you know to, to say what my opinion is like I, it's my purpose you know and it, it can give you a sense of purpose while also like stripping any real sense of a deeper sense of being you know it's kind of like frequencies yeah like do you want to operate on the drama frequency sorry um and that's where i have to go into um stalker jail because i'm I'm like do you need to like when i talk to my friend and we're like did you know that this is happening this is happening and you're all of a sudden you're in a frequency of drama and sides yes and we've been thinking about this a lot lately like there's just oh you know, I'm closer with this person because we operate at a similar frequency. Mm-hmm. We operate at a similar pace. Yeah. 
and oh we don't get along that well because they operate at a different frequency and that's like okay well this is the team that's like more this pace and that's the team that's more that pace Mm -hmm. i mean people are guilty of our tribal instincts come out time and time again Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even when you used to be like, oh, you know, we have the bubble buddies, you know, Daniel and Joey and me and this one and that one. We're the bubble buddies. We're the people that always are just love and light. Nothing but, you know, and here we are. And we we never bring the vibe down. We're never in the <laughs> darkness like you and Mare and all the other fucking people that aren't deemed bubble buddies. And I was just like, you're on a slippery slope, my girl. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> this is not the way to see the world. And uh, who the fuck are you to anoint anyone bubbly anything? You know what I mean? Well, Until you, you show me that you're 24-7 bubbly. I'm not 24-7 bubbly, but <laughs> when you yell at me that life isn't all butterflies and rainbows, you get a sense of who out of us is a bubble buddy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Cass, not everything's butterflies and rainbows. And I was like, in my life, it will be. I don't care what you say. Good luck. I I mean, that's cool. I I think it's very commendable. I'm not like, I'm obviously not a like, there's so much value in darkness. And I don't want to just be like, oh, it's all about the light. And it's only, I want to be a light worker. And yeah, no, I definitely get humbled when I'm like, oh, we're bubble buddies, you know, we're just like goofy, funny. And but I think there are certain people that there's a value and a balance to people who like also want to. I don't know, even myself, like traverse the darkness as far as like excavate it, like talk about things that are real or talk about things that are uncomfortable or stalk your ex so you just know the territory i'm not saying it's a good thing i'm just saying it's it's i think the most positive thing that i can do or that we do do is just be ourselves and be real Mm -hmm. you know trying to cloak it in some sort of thing where it's like we're holier than thou we know better we don't make mistakes it's just like it's not human i'm not i'm not feeling as related to the human race you know I think it's good when we talk about stalker jail or whatever. I think it's good when I talk about how much of a shithead I've been and, you know, how fucking out of control I can be. And well, I will take it back. There's been so many times that I've been, like, in a darker place and you've kept such a positive attitude and you're like, who's the bubble buddy now? And I'm like... I don't even say that, though. Like, okay, well, I don't say some of the things you say I say. It's just <laughs> but that's the energy that it feels like, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Those might not be the words the way the words that you said aren't the words I say. But that can be the energy. I don't know. Yeah. But it's interesting because it, you can look at life as far as like teams. Like what team are you on? Yeah. But it's just a frequency. Absolutely. It's just a frequency. A temporary one. It's that. a temporary frequency of like taking, making tabs and being like, well, you know, who do they like better or whatever. And you're just like, I just don't want to think like that like you can and you can kind of play in that territory and then be like all right cool this is not fun territory for me at all yeah and this is just like yeah i can break life into tribes and i can break things up into teams and i you know but i'm like fuck all that it's not really fun at all going through life gatekeeping and being a fucking social cop and like i'll just it's just bullshit it's just not the way to do it and uh and, and most of the upsetness that you get out of it is because you feel like, damn, why am I not on their team? Why don't they want to be on my team? You know, like, why, where did this divide happen? And you try to, like, your ego wants to tell a story yeah, about yeah. where and why divides happen and what went wrong. And 
you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's just, it's worth, if anything, just, you know, taking it a little deeper and being like, why do I have these proclivities? Why do I want to judge and write people off? Why do I want to exit people from my life and have good justification for doing so? Like, what is that energy about? You know, what am I all about if I'm doing that? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think taking twitter out of my life taking news narratives out of my life taking the judgment that comes along with all that it helps me see the world with a little bit more of crystal vision that i like you know where it's just like i don't know i just like it's i just see so many people write off other people they're like oh yeah they're they're right wing they're all right they're this they're that and it's just like oh they're they're for israel they're for palestine it's just like you're trashing another human being for that you know you know how quickly their opinion could change how quickly the circumstances could change how things evolve if you allow them to and also do you think that that kind of attitude is ever going to bring more people together that's what i'm about i want to bring more people together it's not going to be from me tightly holding an opinion that puts me in some category or on some team it's never going to happen like that that's not how you reach a lot of people. That's not how you bring people together. You amplify the things that make us one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And celebrate the differences and like and, and appreciate the differences rather than kind yeah. of being like, oh, that's a divide or, oh, they don't like me anymore and it's actually because I'm more awesome. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what your ego has to say. Yeah. I'm just so cool. They just don't even, can't even handle how cool I am. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I, th- I think that's a little b- bit more of a positive self-image than the opposite. You know? <laughs> like, well, yeah, of course, of course, yes. I mean, who would want to be around me? I mean, I do that too. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, totally. You do it all, but the ego wants to like tell the story of like, no, you're good, you're yeah. good. It's cool. They're crazy anyway. Yeah, yeah. They are. Everybody is. I yeah. Mean, like, like that's the whole thing. Like. To come out of a relationship and try to, like, litigate the whole thing, it's like, uh, it's, it's, you can't. Relationships are fucking chaos. So many things happen. So many domino effects. Like, so many just, uh, like, to come out of a relationship and just be like, there's one innocent party and there's one guilty party here. Mm-hmm. And through the act of storytelling and reliving all of these traumas and amplifying them, I'm going to figure out who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. It's just like, you're both fucking idiots. You dated <laughs> each other. Yeah. Don't make this anyone else's thing. That's why I don't like, unless it's like somebody extremely close to the situation and they're interested. I don't like talking bad about our exes or people that have, you know, or my exes or people that have shared their life and their time and their sexuality with me. Like, I don't want to talk bad about them. If someone really cares and they want to dig around and we're in private and I feel like I need to vent, sure. But like, I, I don't want to do that. I think that's just like, I think it's do it's playing really nasty tricks on your subconscious, yeah, which well, manifests in, um, being particular and scared and judgmental about people and protecting your heart and trying to, trying to, Oh, here's, here's, I don't know. Well, I like what you're saying because it also makes me like like you more because like when your parents, when someone in your life will be like, oh yeah, you were never like, I didn't like your ex-wife anyway or whatever they'll say. You'll be like, hey, 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 chill out. Yeah. 
Don't do that. Don't do that. Or like we don't have to trash people. Like there, it, I it, loved her and I had a good time with her and we were like great for each other while we were together. She was in the room when my sister died. She got me through a nuclear bomb of grief, and uh, yeah, there was probably no changing what was going to happen and the way I was going to move on with my life. But she was there for me. So, but like that's what's sick and twisted about this world is like people are like. Oh, you got an ex. Oh, your ex-wife. You must fucking hate her. Like, there's some sort of Rodney Dangerfield joke. And, like, that's not my life. And it's like, oh, you have an ex. Like, since you're not together anymore, I can, I'll, I'll talk shit about you to kind of get in your good graces. Like, we'll bond over us talking shit about it. And say, I'm not, I don't go there. Well, it's very dangerous because a lot of time people get back with their exes. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So, definitely proceed with caution if you ever want to yeah. pile on an ex. Yeah. I don't like doing that. I think it's really nasty. I think it's really nasty business. And it and it doesn't reflect positively on the person doing it. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't... Anytime someone's fucking talking shit about somebody with some sort of fervor... It's usually projection. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, like, it's uh, like I just choose not to um, go there with them. I'll listen, but I really have to release my judgments in those moments because I'm like, I don't need to get pulled into your drama of why this person's nasty. That's one little tiny part of their personality that you're focused on and you're trying to win some sort of court battle and I'm the judge. Like, I don't fucking care. So what I end up doing is not really listening to those conversations the way they want me to, but listening to those conversations uh, about what it says about the person saying it. Mm-hmm. and the vibes that they're giving off because that's the stuff i feel more tremendously anyway well of course you know? everyone does that sub- subconsciously no matter what you you hear someone telling someone else's secrets you're like oh well i can't trust you now so <sighs> exactly exactly but and i'm old enough now that i've had enough sample size in my life that i could call it from a mile away and we've had that you know yeah where i'm like hey it's a good person and all but did you see the way they treated so and so that's gonna come back around on us if we get keep, if we keep getting closer. No, yeah, you've called it a, you've called it a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like if that person has the capacity to do it, they're gonna have the capacity to do it to us. You know, they're just not disciplined enough to not not do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, and and when there's like subdivisions within a tribe, whether it's even between us, it's like when we ended up on different sides of something, some issue, it's like so small compared to like all the ways we are on the same team. And and this is what I'm saying about process news. Thank you for saying that. It reminded me of a bigger point I was trying to make before. That's, that's what process news will do to you. You know, it'll make you feel like you're on some sort of team that doesn't even exist. And it'll have you moving away from like like moving away from all the narratives that matter Mm. you know how come we're able to do this every day you know like i know that there's that there's there's violence and there's wars and there's people wiling out and that's all the stuff that gets reported and amplified but like what about the millions upon millions and billions and trillions of acts of kindness and compassion and magical things and and just moments that light people up, people up, those things just happening. That's what makes the world go around, and like we don't want to pay attention to that stuff. Well, it's that's crazy. what I try to make our movies about. It's crazy how 
for how much perceived conflict you can see between like, oh, this person killed this person or whatever, like how much people get along, especially in this That's country. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. People get along. For the most part, we all coexist so peacefully. Yeah. Like from neighborhood to town to state, you know, that yeah. we have, as much as I talk shit on our government, like the fact that we have representatives, I don't. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, so it's like we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. We're fucking animals. We're fucking. <laughs> we're total animals. Yeah. And like our we're, we're, we're millions of years of of evolution. It's just told our DNA to just survive and do what we have to do to survive. And that can be, that can make for very selfish people. And um, we're we're figuring out how to kind of get better at this and transcend that. And we've become less violent people. Totally. And I think it'll continue to go to trend more and more overall in that direction. And also, I think as people get bored with being enraged all the time, like, or yeah. so up in arms, but this is where I have it. If you're enraged and informed and you can do something about it, God bless you. Like, we can all do little things, and I think we should all try to do our best, that said. But, like, I'm not saying everyone across the board should be uninformed and not paying attention. I'm just saying... Is that what your life is? Are you fight? Are you someone who fights for justice in the legal sector? Yeah. Are you someone who is in the medical sector? Like, stay informed on your lane. Yeah, something you could do is something about. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of outrage and a lot of excessive informed where you're not fully informed. You're f- informed on some media's opinion of how you should be informed. Um, they're playing you like a freaking puppet. Yeah. But you're not... How many times I've seen people get so decades of being up in arms about something and literally not doing a goddamn thing except pulling a lever every four years? Well, because what the process media does to you is it creates inflammation and you get verbal diarrhea and it's uncontrollable. And that's why it's a good thing to take a look if you do if you do find your blood coursing with outrage to try to pinpoint where that's coming from, you know, and just be like, is that my media diet doing that to me? Should I switch it up a little bit? Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm like, like if you have diarrhea and you just ate and you just ate Taco Bell last night, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I ate Taco Bell. I have diarrhea. If you have diarrhea and it's like we've been eating clean, we've never switched anything up, you might have a real problem, you know, and it's and it's going to be worth looking at that. Like, fuck, maybe I have stomach cancer. Maybe I ha- who knows, you know, mm-hmm. but. If it's from it's from Taco Bell, wouldn't you just not eat that anymore mm-hmm. and not put yourself through that? And this is kind of the point I'm always trying to get across to my mom. I'm like, we're in a constant, this house is outraged at all times. And it's always, it always just happens to be about whatever the media is talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. We're, it, it, it's well, if it's you think just it's a not, bit suspicious. So. Well, it's also just like, this is not, it's not a free press. This is not a, like, this no. is. It's brought to you by the people causing all the problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. it's crazy. That's who is presenting and giving and and uh, controlling the news outlets. Yeah. Well, and as much as this is what I was going to say before, because I mean, I don't really believe that we're represented in our government. You know, because I don't believe. No. And I do, and I'm like, we're we're back to where we were at the beginning: taxation without representation. Yeah. I don't feel like what I believe is represented in our government, and I do. Be- I don't believe that even if I voted for someone, that they are honoring my vote for them. They're honoring no. getting ahead through uh, lobbyists and yeah. Don't back, vote for them. Back don't favors. vote if there's no one to vote for. Don't vote. 
like I say, like if you go into a restaurant and you have peanut allergies and every single thing on the menu uh, has peanuts in it, wouldn't you leave that restaurant? Yeah. You're like, that's not for me. Maybe I should find another place, you know? Yeah. And this is when I talk about like, I I know, I know it upsets you sometimes when I talk like this, but <laughs> it, it's more wholesome than it, than it appears. It sounds more revolutionary than it is. But when I say become ungovernable, yeah. If their laws aren't designed to make our lives better, they're designed to criminalize survival and criminalize the things we do and make sure that only big businesses can benefit from, you know, from certain things and you'll be crushed and you'll be you'll spend your life crushed under debt and criminalized and fucked with and institutionalized and messed with by the by big pharma like all this stuff though, you know. It I don't know. It uh, I don't know. What was I saying? <laughs> Help me. I think your point is just that you're always talking about being ungovernable. Oh, yes. If none of that stuff's working for you, then why are you paying worship to that system by following their rules and playing by their things? And it's not like, like, look, you can get away with a lot more than you think. And I think sometimes you have to uh, make that choice for your life and not be so scared. And say, I'm willing to deal with the consequences because the system that they have in place and that I'm imprisoned by is not working for me or anyone I know. Mm-hmm. Everyone's depressed. Everyone's in dis- in some form of despair. Their own unique one, too. So it's not like, oh, here's the panacea, here's the solution. It's like, you can't go around giving psychedelics to everyone assuming that's going to solve everyone's problems. That's going to create much more problems, you know? So... There isn't there there really is no easy solution. But if their prescription for you isn't working, stop taking it. And I think if more of us started to think like that and started to act outside of the boundaries we've been put in, that's when you start to see like real like tidal wave types of changes. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. I'm yeah. also just talking shit and I'm a misinformed American like everyone else. I think we're just all <laughs> taking stock about what we pay attention to. And that's kind of what this conversation has been and continues yeah. to be. And, uh, you know, just what being human is about is like, where am I? F- I have the power of my attention. Where am I focusing on it? Am I focusing on how we're a lot different or how there's sides or how, or am I focusing on the moments of coming together on, you know, as, uh, Rogers used to say, um, like, look for the helpers, you know. Um, Who said that? Mr. Rogers? Mr. Rogers. Oh, classic. Yeah. American mystic. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes, and that's that's kind of the the nice thing about a partnership in this life is, like you were saying, um, if I should fall behind, I'll wait for you. And if I should fall behind, wait for me. And I see that happen in our relationship, and it's usually in micro things because we're we neither of us lets each other fall behind too far. Mm-hmm. But it happens, you know, quite often where I'm not, I'm not there, or you're not there, and we just kind of have to be patient with each other. Yeah. And keep a higher ideal, you know, not just love and light, but just like an invitation to a more appreciative way of being. Yeah. A yeah. more gelatinous way of being, right? <laughs> not something so solid all the time, you know? Yeah. That's where I think at least a personality like mine starts to get in trouble. It's when you start to think things are solid. Yeah, because then you have this righteousness. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like if my own opinions aren't solid, 
and I'm not even sure where they come from, like maybe it's just time to just listen a little bit more. I'm kind of surprised yeah. that it's been like pretty net positive. I guess you're saying that you have these moments where you don't, you kind of are like, <laughs> you're that um, John Travolta meme where he's like, wait. <laughs> Literally. Remember remember the most spun out Wook we've ever seen? Oh my God. Oh my God. We, didn't, we couldn't even film with him. It was so I crazy. No, I feel bad that I told you guys not to film with him because he no, was no, no, no. seen. There was no filming with a guy like that. There yeah. was, you know, like you, you know, our bodies know. Yeah, you're just like, uh, it's not right. Yeah, I, yesterday we were driving around filming, and I was like, oh, there's a guy, he's about to walk around the corner, he's, he, he looks like our kind of guy, let's just like wait here till he comes, and I'll ask him to be in the movie, and the second I could feel his aura come around the corner, I was like, nope. Yeah. I, I don't know why, I don't know why. Well, not that he's not worthy, it's just where people are at, and you can feel it, and uh, yeah, there was this one look that was like, literally just standing in the beating sun in the middle of a fish parking lot, just, just going like, wow. Oh, just not it's so and we we're like from far away we we're like that's a funny image like, <laughs> he'll look, walk, he's he'll just walk. a little guy and he's just confused he, we're getting closer and you're like oh my god he's fucked up he's fucked up like i he, you like went over to him yeah i was like hey man like are you okay can, can i help you get like, find somebody or yeah, get, yeah and he just like he'd just do this thing where he'd like speed walk 10 paces in one yeah. direction and go like, like this wait. and then we speed walk 10 paces in another direction so you went over and talked to him you're like he's there's no talking to there's him. no talking to him like he's fucked up but he's he's fine like he's in the confines of this parking lot yeah and then it cut to a half hour later and we see him and he has five balloons in Jesus his hands like Christ. huge he has five balloons and he's still walking around like that'll be for our follow-up movie spun <laughs> spunions <laughs> just spun yeah twisted <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't interest me to be that fucked up at all. I I need to chill on how fucked up I get, not in a way that I'm like judging. I mm, want to judge mm, myself. Mm, Talk, I'm back to the puritanical. <laughs> I need to quit. You don't stuff. get fucked up ever. Like I offer you a hit of weed once a day, and ninety uh, percent no. of the time you're like, I pass on grass. No, no, it's not even that. It's um, I get worried about my brain. You know, mm-hmm. like even with ketamine and stuff, like I do it pretty infrequently because it only works if I do it infrequently. And but sometimes I'm just like, what am I? I like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, what? I don't. This is like this. I introduced ketamine into my life when I got to the place where I don't even research drugs before I try them. You know, <laughs> I used to research everything. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm just I'm like snort this thing because it's pandemic and who gives a fuck? World's ending. Yeah. But I'm like, I do want my brain. I just when I find myself feeling very forgetful i always have these moments of like i did too much nitrous I did too much ketamine no. no you're a very healthy person you're very with it and i think uh if you're forgetful like trust that your body needed to forget whatever the fuck that was and it's not that important and and when you start like looking at it like as a more of a positive thing you'll say like oh i have a natural mechanism for like editing the shit that could induce outrage or stress or whatever yeah. it's definitely helped our relationship 14 years deep that i'd we don't seem to keep tabs tally on each other no like no. you know you can't help it every once in a while in a fight things will come out and be like it's always like this you're always like this you know or whatever you yeah know? doesn't but, stick though but for the most part you know we just like forgive and forget yeah which is helpful yeah like it will and with it like i just don't think we've we mess with the kind of uh substances that do the kind of damage you're thinking Really, I, I think I, I think what does that is uh, pills and booze. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think it just melts you like a wax figure. That's just like, like, R.I.P. Matthew Perry from Friends, who just who he just, was my favorite. Yeah, he was everyone's favorite. Chandler I feel like. Bing. I never watched that show, so I didn't really have a favorite. But uh, but you've seen the movie where he becomes a a basketball. He becomes a Zac Efron. I love that. That was a good that one. was great. He had, he has a he has a few great movies. You know, like when, he oh, was, the he was the star of that show in a way. When when the show ended, he was the one that went straight into movies. These other people never popped up. Even Jennifer Aniston has had a hard time. Did like, he have like a baby with Selma Hayek in one movie or was yeah? That that was a great movie. I forget the that. That was called. Um, it's named after an Elvis lyric. Damn. I don't know, but anyway. Fools rush in. Fools rush in. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, but um, he he recently passed away a couple of days ago, and it's it's sad. He was only fifty four, and I was reading about him, and because he had just put out a put out a book last year talking about his struggles and like he had been to rehab 60 times Ooh. he had spent half of his adult life in rehab slash detox facilities it's a lot yeah and uh he said he'd started drinking at 14 years old and drank every day since then Ooh. yeah and so they did like um a friend's reunion i guess earlier this year where it's like oh we're on the set and we're all like catching up and like everybody's like Hollywood perfect, you know, sounds great, you know, except Matthew Perry. It's just like literally looks like a melted wax figure of himself and he's slurring his words and he's just like, you could tell like maybe he's not fucked up right now and maybe he's not on pills right now. But you now, become but like dry drunk. Yeah, you just become like this person that's just like, like, that's really sad. It's really sad. That's a tortured existence, you know? Yeah. Having all this money and fame and not he didn't have a family you know he didn't have a wife or kids or anything like that so he just had all this money and fame and notoriety and uh he said he would just always just seek out being alone because that's when he could get fucked up and mm. so he spent a lot of his life in isolation and yeah that's that's where that stuff leads you know and Hopefully, I don't think we're on that path, but it's insane that you think we are sometimes. It's crazy. I'm like, we're so awesome. Well, we the, smoke a little bit. This is where I just get to this place. Like, I'm so healthy in so many departments, but then you you have this like blind spot to to one behavior. Yeah, you can't help it. It's like almost just like the way of nature. There's no. I have a hard time believing that there's someone who's like holistically 100% balanced and healthy, and in alignment 100% of the time. Like those are living, walking master people or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's okay that, you know, if you focus a lot of your energy on being healthy in one way, whether it's like body and diet and all this stuff that you might be like, I mean, I think that contributes to like a spiritual health or whatever, but there, you know, maybe there's a side of you that you're not paying as attention to. Yeah. You know, and it just, it's just what for me is it's like compassionate because it's like a reminder to not judge other people's vices you know like who the fuck do i think i am like i'm giving your dad a hard time for smoking cigarettes while i'm fucking snorting ketamine like what the (sighs) fuck am i talking about well i've said it for a long time based on my many experiences with my dad is just like what i've learned is like you can't judge a man or a woman or they for what they need to do to get through a day you you really can't you don't you can't be in them and know what the struggles are so you can't judge what they need to do to get through a day or a life yeah um you can provide encouragement and support and um 
be the antidote to some of the stuff that they're relying on i feel like but that's taking on a lot too you know uh, yeah yeah I just want to caveat this in case my mom's listening. I've done like, I, I like, I'm on, I, ketamine's like once every couple months. Like, let's be real. And it's something I'm less and less interested in. So it's, it does, it's not like a real problem, but I just like, I look at, you want we're just talking about looking at things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Ketamine's an interesting one because it gives you a true break from your body. Mm-hmm. It really takes you completely out of your body and. Does it ever take you out of your thoughts, though? Like, I, yeah. No, I feel like that's what it does. It's really just like kind of... That was my experience like the first time is being like, whoa, you could... The reason I believe it helps with depression is it gives you... Our stories are so strong and that's how a lot of times people will become depressed because this, they have like a very negative story loop mm-hmm. rotating. And I felt like the first time I did ketamine, it was hard to put my energy or finger on exactly what was happening, except I got like a break from the thoughts. Yeah of um you know you just kind of get a break from your story and yeah. if you have a because the loop is so tight any sort of like it just like allows an opening for a new story or yeah. you know oh i can it hits a watermark of like oh i can live life and not be thinking about that thing i'm always thinking about yeah yeah and and we, we've seen it go the opposite way like we my dad was suicidal once this is before we even tried ketamine yeah. We had it, but we were too scared to try it. And um, he, my dad was just for two weeks, just like, I want to kill myself. I need to kill myself. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. I've heard that this helps. And he had gotten a prescription for a ketamine infusion. Yeah, but it was like $1,500. Yeah, my parents just couldn't inf- afford it. And, you know, I was like, I got the street version. You can try this. And we gave it to him. And um, it was, you could tell it was doing what you're saying. It was breaking all of the narratives and all the stories. But that was terrifying to him. His tightrope that he walks in life is made of anxiety it, and it's comforting to him to be concerned about what could happen and act in accordance with that. So getting a break from that was actually terrifying. We've seen it happen with Molly too. You know, you give, you give Molly to somebody and it's like, you think that uh, you, you think the batting average for Molly is a thousand. You think it's like hundred percent of the time. The people have a good policy, time. Yeah. yeah, like people have a good time in it, but we've also given it to people where it's like, wow, you were walking a crazy tightrope and this this disturbed it and it actually brought a lot of the anxieties up to the surface, which I can I think of as a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can deal with them, but it's not it's not a gift for everyone, you know. No. No, yeah. Is it? Yeah. But I don't I the more I don't think I know what's right for someone else, the happier I am. It's <laughs> what I'm saying about, it's, it's what I'm saying about limiting exposure to uh, popular cultural narratives, especially if you feel yourself getting pulled to one of the sides. It's like you're getting pulled there because uh, you think this is the right side of history or you think this is the good thing or this is the thing everyone's going to approve of, but like it's going to change. So why even go there? This is such a weird thing, but, like, one of Trump's things was, like, reality. There's no tr- such thing as truth or whatever. And It was very upsetting. It was very upsetting. It was even upsetting first, to me. Yeah. I was just like, this fucking asshole. Yeah. And, um, but I've come to even, you know, things that upset me, I try to integrate. Of why is this so upsetting to me? And then I almost kind of have felt, like, Oh, things in life are a lot more fluid than we think. 
Like, as soon as we stake our thing on this is the way things are, new information comes to light. Or, you know, we're just in a multiverse where we're jumping dimensions. And based mm-hmm. on where we're at as a collective, we're jumping to a dimension of World War Three, or we're dimen- jumping to a dimension of, like, more sustainable way of living and operating. Mm-hmm. And we kind of all need to do right by the collective by doing right by ourselves. And so the best thing we can do for peace in a collective sense is to find to realize how powerful we are as far as what timeline we're coexisting on Mm -hmm. and the timeline of peace is one that we can hold in our hearts and envision for our future you know and that's where i feel like the power of manifestation is most valuable because if you're only using manifestation to self-serve it's like fuck it what's even the point you know who gives a fuck yeah you know let's let's manifest world peace man yeah right <laughs> yeah and and the only way to do it is by holding it in your heart and when you hold it in your heart as as the you know the top ideal above everything else you start to see the world in that way you start to see the world for all the peaceful compassionate acts that happen that keeps this thing going around i'd much rather focus on that than the anomalies, which are violence and war and insanity and chaos and overthrowing governments and subjugating people and destroying this planet. like Yeah, and keeping a vision for it and being like, look, if I worry about what's going on with this person who doesn't want to be around me anymore, like it'll activate things for me that maybe aren't healthy for me or them, you know, and keeping my distance yeah. is the most peaceful thing you've been able to do for your heart. And I'm like very impressed by you. Yeah. And well, I mean, stalker jail is just like a detox where you can kind of um, just settle into your own body again, into your own narratives. And I think it's actually a commendable thing to do and to talk about because I think what you're doing is saying, I don't want to do this thing anymore. That's, always leading me back to negative feelings like does it ever end well well even if it's not (laughs) negative feelings it's not it's definitely not the truth because you start to have ideas about what they're thinking and feeling that you couldn't possibly know from someone you're alienated from yeah so you're just like i'm focusing some of my attention on something that is less that is more fiction than anything Mm. because it's my perception of how they may be perceiving and it's like even when you're in the room with someone, you can't fully grasp their per- perception. So to try to think that you know where someone's at by thinking or having downloads. Oh, this is another thing I was talking with my buddy about. It's like, okay, you might get this like message from the universe where you feel like, oh, I know how they're feeling or I got this message or whatever it is. It's like you might get the purest, most truthful message as far as where someone else is at or some download from the universe, but you cannot remove that from your own perceptual ego you know what i mean you still have even if the message is clear and true that doesn't mean it doesn't get processed through your ego absolutely yeah so you guys gotta be careful keep keep tabs yeah and don't get too attached to what you think someone else might be thinking god what a hellscape yeah yeah it's just like things that remove you from the magic of the moment absolutely i was just talking to my mom about this and you know like there's a lot with with my family of just like um everything's guilt and shame and you know 
Irish Catholic. Irish Catholic. It's just to a T. Everything is guilt and shame. And no, there's a uh, so-and-so died. There's a funeral. And it's like for us, it's just like, yeah, we're not going to go to that funeral. It's no big deal. Like, And with my parents, it's like this fucking crazy labyrinth of like, but then so-and-so might think this and then that'll lead to this. And just like all of this stuff. And I'm like, what I'm trying to explain to my mom is like, nobody cares what you're doing. No one's thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you. No one cares if you show up or if you don't. And if they do, maybe they're not your real friends. Yeah, especially if why you're, why you're not showing up is just because you... Have an epileptic daughter who's uh, having out-of-control seizures. But ultimately, your parents did it, and they were glad they did it, and they connected with their family, and it's a positive... It yeah. was a positive thing, so it's yeah. like it's kind of funny to see the balance of us being like, just don't go to the funeral, and then them going and being like, that was actually really good for them to be yeah. more connected yeah. and show up and be part of the family, because that is... But the really... stress of going there is based on what they think other people might think if they don't go. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I used to live like that. And I don't know when or why probably had a lot to do with just the just unsurmountable about of amount of loss that was thrown at my family is like, I just got to a place where I'm like, I can't care what other people think. I can't care what the other people at history channel that I'm working with think about me, what this person thinks what that, what, you know, what audiences think like, I can't, I can't go there. You have one person you can care with that you care what they think about you. Yeah. The muse, <laughs> my Cassie, <laughs> Cassie, won't you be my doll? And sometimes it's stressful. Yeah, because I'm sometimes I'm not in a great place and it's not that I'm thinking bad about you. I'm just not in a great place. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. And I do that with you, too. You know, you really keep me sharp, though, because you're such a tough audience. You keep me really sharp. Like the in, in order for us to get to a place where we're saying something or making something or doing something, uh, it has to be approved by both of us. And you're just a tough person to like penetrate and get there. So when you, when I do. When I, when I break through and it's like, oh, that's making Cass laugh or that got her very excited. It's like, got me excited, got her excited. Let's do this thing. I'm sorry. I'm so tough. No, I'm saying it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have us running around like total wild people acting on every little whim that I have. It has to actually be right. It has to inspire us both. Yeah, I think I'm reading this Rick Rubin book or I did finished it, but I, I got to reread it cause I just listened to it and. Justine was like, you got to actually read it. I'm like, I, I think I do it. It feels highly recommend. It's like a lot of things that I've thought and it's more like validating in anything, but more so, also like just a reminder mm-hmm. of like the magic of creativity and how you're not like the source of creativity or like a, in service to it. And mm-hmm. anyway, there was one chapter about um, uh, being an experimenter versus a finisher. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of our relationship a lot and kind of where we fall in those lines and like the benefits of being we call it like femininity and masculinity but i think in this this context it's like experimenter versus finisher whereas like an experimenter will like try lots of ideas and a lot of times not finish things because like the process can change so much Mm -hmm. because you're just experimenting all the time you're like well let me try this thing and what about this thing and that's fun it's so fun and i love the process and i love how i am and who i am and I'm, i'm i've come to peace with it but you know you're much a, fi- a very much a finisher and we both need a little bit of each other. Yeah. You know? Oh and yeah. As much as it can be like stressful or create a tension between us, it's actually really helps having someone, if you're an experimenter, having someone who's a finisher in your life, if you're a finisher, having someone who's an experimenter and oh, like, yeah. it just helped me even 
the chapter even helped me appreciate myself. Because, yeah. you know, I'm like, actually, it is pretty cool that I, like, am so enthusiastic and want to try so many different things. It is cool. Even if it <laughs> can be frustrating, you it's know? It's not frustrating, though. Because we have a personality like mine, whatever we start, we're going to finish. Or yeah. it's going to be fucking hell for both of us. Yeah. So, I, I think it does work out. But it, it is an, it, it's an interesting way to break down the masculine and feminine as applies to art. Finishers versus experimenters and... That there's something to be said for both for sure but I, I i i can't start something i don't intend on finishing i get very embarrassed maybe that's where like that's like some deep catholic guilt type of stuff it's like oh i commanded all this attention and talked about this thing i wanted to do and yeah i'm sure that you're still haunted by some of the stuff we talked about that never did you know yeah but i mean for the most part we did it yeah for the most part for we the did most it. part it's it's part of the reason like when we have an idea that we're both excited about to make a movie like i see it stress you out sometimes but i'll just like once we decide we're gonna do it even if we haven't done one thing for it i'll start telling people that i trust and i'll maybe I'll tell some people i don't trust because that's gonna force me to do it because i can't live with the embarrassment of like Oh, I told uh, I told Isaac this was going to be our next project, and we didn't even do it. Or like you know, or like I just don't want to come off as like a a, sp- a spaz, you know. Like, oh, here's our next idea, and here's a, like I'm I'm not on stimulants, <laughs> I you know. <laughs> we were watching a podcast last night You're with on somebody right now, I, a little uh, green tea, a little bit, yeah. Um, but we were watching a podcast last night and one of the guests, I was like, this person's on Adderall. It was just like stressing me out. It was just like, this person is completely out of their mind on Adderall right now. And they're just going a million miles a minute and nothing's adding up. And it's all like very self-congratulatory and like, I, uh, can't vibe with that as much. You yeah. Know? Well, that goes back to like where I, I'm like, there, you can't help it there's certain people you resonate more with and it's hard when you resonate more with certain people and not with other people for it to not start to feel like a team, you know, mm-hmm. or someone to point it out like, Oh, I want you on my team or whatever. And you're like, Oh yeah. yeah, we do get along better with this person of the relationship because they're more our vibe. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And we're all, we're just so about vibes mm-hmm. that uh, it's hard not to be like, damn, they move too fast for us. We got to We slow it down <laughs> yeah but slowing it down what is what it's all about for me <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, and even just talking about it it's like kind of a trap you know because the people who we honestly do best with people with a little more gusto and fire because they become such a powerful muse yeah they, they pop us into another gear it's a we get popped into another gear of like and some that's why i think because we're so able to then ride that or we're so we're so we're such devotees like that Mm -hmm. i think if you were to say if we were to say who we are and put our flag on anything yeah we're we're obviously talking about everything in jest but um it would be that we we're very like it's like bhakti yoga it's like it's very much like love and devotion and showing up and and honoring the muse or the the train ticket we took or whatever it is like we're gonna play this out and we're gonna do it with a lot of love yeah um i feel like i had a bigger point oh but it can be you have to be careful because we can well we're a train but like we can get on a different track 
Yeah. And so I think a lot of times we'll get on someone's track who if they're like a high speed rail. Yeah. And then we get re- then we get off we get like thrown off the track and we're like resentful. We're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> we weren't built for this speed. We, were, we weren't built for this speed. <laughs> we tried so hard. Yeah. Damn, that's true. Yeah. You're very powerful. We all are. You are for sure. Yeah. You've had you've had a lot of power over my life, more than anyone by far. Too much. No. No. It's good. It's been extremely net positive since the day I met you. And there's been struggles. But it is uh it is the reason I'm still here. Like this is the gift of my life because I love being an artist and everything, but it's not it that that's not enough. You know? I'm I'm not a person that's just like I just want to go make my art by myself, like I want people to see it, you know, I want people to enjoy it. And even if it's just one person and I can just be very focused on making things that you like and that you're proud of and you're proud to speak to is like, it keeps me going. It's the joy of my life. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, we've had such a good time. Good 14 years. I'm glad I hitched my wagon to your train or whatever I did. You You never lead me astray. I think we're not even on a train. I think we're on one of those things from back in the day where it's like we're both standing on the thing on the tracks. And <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's us. What's what is that thing called? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, we're one of those. I haven't thought about those things in so long. I used to see those in movies all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're that whatever that thing is. If you know what that is, leave it in the comments. I wouldn't even know how to search for that. Yeah, you'd be like thing where you push on a track. Yeah, yeah totally. Two people. <laughs> um, let's pop over to the Patreon. I have a bunch of other stuff I want to talk to about. Talk to you about. Great. It's a little bit. Uh, we'll go a little bit deeper. We'll have a we'll have a nice chill time. I didn't smoke a dab on this one, so. So let's go get confused. Yeah, I'll go get I'll go get confused and curious on the next one. All right, thank you for the last fourteen years. Thank you, babe. Thank everyone for joining us and listening to our ramblings. If you dig what we do, it really means the world to us if you would join our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Church of Chill. That is our ultimate canvas. And we're going to keep decorating it. Definitely inspired to keep decorating it. Yeah. And it's choose what you want to pay. If you have money and you could throw us 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, please. That would be awesome. We'll be friends. If you can throw us a dollar, awesome. Same thing to me. Yeah. We love it. We love you. Mad love. Mad love. Peace, love, and magic, y'all.